0: When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. The complete success, had a great medical team, took care of me, and now it's on the way to, you know, the road to recovery. This past year hasn't been very easy, a lot of stuff has gone down, it wasn't easy on me or my family, so I appreciate everybody that's reached out, that wished me well and good luck on the surgery, all the prayers and everything, it definitely did not go unnoticed, so thank you. Thanks to everybody that's helped out so far, now it's, now it's on the way to the road to recovery. It's not gonna be an easy one, but it's gonna be one that I'm gonna remember, and it's gonna be a special one, so I'll keep you guys updated. Thank you so much. This is not the end of my story. It's just gonna be one of those little things that I'll look back and remember that it's one of those challenges that, in adversity that I'm gonna try and take advantage of and it'll make me a better person. So thank you for everybody that's reached out. Once again, let's go get it.
1: podcast your postseason edition i am tyler johnson i am joined by zach defranco and jack robinson and our special guest christian scott from the down with the browns podcast
2: gentlemen how are we doing this evening great 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 it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the off season it's very, Yep. it's very boring it is is it, <laughs> is it though I mean, I wish it was more boring, but unfortunately, (laughs) we do have things we have to talk about.
1: (laughs) There's always something to talk about, and as you guys can see, I am back this week. I'm still still recovering a little bit, but I've activated myself off the COVID list, and uh, we're good to to go tonight. And remember, guys, this episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast is brought to you by Jack Scott over Newby Anderson. They've been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years. Be sure to call Jack today for a free consultation at 440. 226 6224. That's 440 226 6224. Guys, before we get into the Browns, like we talk about every week, there were a lot of really good wild card matchups this week. Just want to go through the scores and then talk about your Super Bowl favorites right now. So the Bengals defeated the, the Raiders. They got their first playoff win in over 31 years. They won 26 to 19 over the Raiders. The Bills beat the Patriots 47 to 17. Buccaneers beat the Eagles 31-15. to The 49ers beat the Cowboys 23-17. The Chiefs beat the Steelers 42-21. And the Rams beat the Cardinals 34-11. So Jeez. after the first week of the playoffs, um, whoever wants to go first, who would you say right now your Super Bowl favorites are right now?
2: I mean, I think that if we're looking on the AFC side, I think that Buffalo came out to the start that I think that everyone thought that they were capable of. I mean, their defense came out and absolutely dominated Mac Jones. Obviously, people are going to say, well, the weather might have affected it. But I mean, sure. But the weather certainly didn't affect the the Bills offense. Who, I mean, they had seven straight possessions with a the touchdown. They didn't punt a single time. Uh, and that's against, you know, Bill Belichick defense, which usually for for many teams is a big struggle. It was for us, obviously. Um, so, I mean, I think that on the AFC side, the bills, I think are looking really primed to, to really make a run, make a, make a shot at the super bowl. Maybe this time they'll win it. Um, and on the NFC side, I, I I'm still w- going for the Packers. I mean, I think that Aaron Rodgers in that offense is just too dominant. I think that, you know, a lot of these other teams are, have flaws. I think that the Buccaneers have flaws. The, the Rams obviously have flaws, uh, I just think that the the Packers are the most complete team and they're they're the ones who are most likely going going to make it all the way to the end.
3: Aaron Rodgers is going to go all the way this year. Maybe possibly a last hurrah in Green Bay as well. On the AFC side, I I just can't bet against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes right now. They're looking too good, man. I want to see a Bills-Packers Super Bowl. I've been saying that for a little while, but I I just can't bet against uh, Patrick Mahomes over there in the AFC.
1: Yeah, Christian, who are your favorites right now for the Super Bowl?
4: As of right now, I've got the Packers and the Chiefs. I mean, as you guys said, the Packers are one of the most complete teams. Um, and the Chiefs are just – they're starting to hit that stride. Mm-hmm. So, it's – that's who I got.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I got the Chiefs and Packers too. I, I can't bet right now against Pat Pat Mahomes, even though to me he he's struggled, I mean, more this year than in the past, even though they're still right where they are. But in Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if this is somehow a last hurrah in Green Bay, I think they're going to end up on top. I think they're going to end up winning the Super Bowl. So right now, it's who I got. But, I mean, the matchups next week are going to be incredible. There's no doubt about that. And we do have to get into some very unfortunate Browns news. Mm -hmm. Browns defensive tackle Malik McDowell was arrested in Florida for public exposure and assaulting a deputy. Of course, we know that Malik McDowell was a very – Um, He was a high risk, um, potentially high reward signing. And he had a decent season. I mean, Zach, I know we were talking, guys, we were talking about in the offseason. We didn't even know if he was going to make this team. I mean, he made the team, he had a pretty decent, he wasn't great. I mean, he had a pretty decent impact. But The Browns are going to be moving on. So just initial takeaways from the Malik McDowell situation.
2: It it really sucks. Obviously there's something wrong mentally uh, with him at the, at at the moment. I'm not exactly sure what happened between obviously the end of the season and, up to i think it was monday that this happened correct uh like i I don't know exactly what happened i don't know if this is some something that has been you know leading up to or if there's some other story that we're not going to hear maybe it'll come out was making a career for himself here uh he obviously had troubles early on and he's you know fought through it, got gotten back into the league and had had a pretty good chance to actually, you know, establish himself here. And I think a lot of us here were were really pining for him to be a, a mainstay on this defensive line. So seeing him in this situation, obviously this is this is kind of like the end of his story. And uh we're it, it really it really just sucks just on a personal level seeing him kind of, you know, fall to it, it fall in this way in such a, a undignified fashion.
3: Yeah, and I believe Tyler. Who did we have on to talk about him during that signing? Was it Jason Lloyd?
1: Uh, no, we had Lane, Lane Atkins. Oh, uh, okay, Browns okay. Insider.
3: Yeah, and the, the the way he put it, it was a low risk, high reward sign for Andrew Barry, and that's literally what it turned out to be during the season. He seemed like he was on the straight and narrow. Um, everything was going well. But i guess that's just under supervision you know it's kind of like a child babysitting and stuff i i personally on a personal level i really hope he gets the help he needs i know we've talked about this a lot and uh it sucks because i mean that's just another spot now where it's like okay you thought you had a promising nose tackle there gotta fill a few more holes obviously but now it's like oh now what do we do for the browns you know you got you got your young guys like Togeye and stuff but obviously you're probably losing malik jackson and now him and there's more holes to fill and it could even alter what we do in free agency it could alter what we do
4: in the draft
1: yeah christian what are your thoughts on the malik mcdowell situation
4: yeah i was uh just looking forward into going to, uh going into next season i was really high on malik mcdowell like i thought he was going to make this next jump be really solid for us next year and then that news broke and kind of sounded like he relapsed like mm-hmm. from his past and you're just like man he like i really hope the browns do step in and like try to help him in any way they possibly can, because I think that's something the organization should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know he's he not going. He's not going to be back, but I, I he's not going to be back. But I would love to see something like that. The organization step in and uh, yeah, get him help and resources to get better. But I, and I mean, the Haslam's have shown that they're willing to help people. Like the Josh Gordon situation, they helped him repeatedly, and I think that just shows their heart toward the players. It's not just a business to them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's the whole Malik McDowell thing, as disturbing and awful as it is, I mean, because there's no doubt it is, you really just have to hope and pray that he does get the help he needs. There's something clearly not right in his head, whatever it might be, and you just hope that a guy who enjoyed really success for the first time in his NFL career and really put together, I mean, it it was an average season, but when you don't play for that long, I thought it was a good season given the circumstances, so I really do hope he gets... The help he needs because you you, something like this happens given his history you don't know what could be next and the last thing you want is this to just spiral and get worse and worse for him but now we really have to talk about where the Browns go from here because defensive tackle was already a need I think we can all kind of agree with that defensive tackle has really been a need for this team but now how do you go about addressing this guys are you addressing it in the draft, are you dressing it in free agency? Some names, Akeem Hicks from the Bears, he'll be 33. Harrison Phillips, a young option at Buffalo, Letzingo, Larry Ogunjobi, even though he's going to be coming off surgery, a Sheldon Richardson reunion. So, uh, Jack, I'll have you start. What are some options that you would go if you're the Browns as far as addressing the defensive tackle situation this offseason?
2: Well, I definitely think they have to to look in the draft for at least at least a prospect, someone that they can build up. Uh, I mean, really the main issue that we have right now is just depth at defensive tackle. And obviously now that's being thinned down even more and more as, as the year has gone on. And even now at, into the off season, uh, I think we need to either, you know, we definitely need to prioritize picking one in the draft. We don't really have that many deficiencies on the defense right now that we can, that we need to focus on. So really it's kind of just like, choose the guy that you need the most help with uh and defensive tackle is one of those positions I think Sheldon Richardson's a really good idea if if they can bring him back I don't know if there's any sort of like long-term issue between the, the the coaching staff and Sheldon considering that he left last year um but I'm hoping that you know he he had a pretty decent season over uh in Minnesota hopefully he'll be able to reach the open market and we'll be able to actually you know maybe get a chance that we sign him because I think that he wor- would work extremely well alongside Jadeveon if we would sign him and Miles mm-hmm.
3: I think that's a key thing right there that you just mentioned Jack Javion Clowney is going to be someone that he has all his leverage now you know mm-hmm. you gotta try to get him back I know it's average 15 million a year but I think the Browns it's not really a big draft for a few positions like thank God we are not really looking for a, that next quarterback in this draft per se but when it comes to interior defense alignment as well, there's really not anyone that's really crazy, crazy standout. I mean, edge defenders, yes. But there's names like B.J. Hill in free agency, Joseph Day. There's names like that that could be some cheap guys, young, didn't really have, like, the greatest seasons that, you know, you could potentially go make a move for on the market.
1: I would agree with that. Some – As far as the Sheldon Richardson reunion, if the Browns – they lost Chris Kiffin. So I don't know what's going to happen in Minnesota. But if they let Andre Patterson go, the Vikings defensive line coach, that could be an option as far as bringing to Cleveland too and obviously just coach Sheldon Richardson. But the thing with the Browns and Sheldon Richardson we have to talk about though, one of the reasons Sheldon Richardson didn't come back after the Browns cut him is because they didn't offer him the money he wanted. So then it's it shelled into the point to where maybe take a discount to come back? I don't know. But like you said, Zach, Clowney has all the leverage here. And mm-hmm. But I almost wonder if maybe they could do another one or two year deal, because again, Clowney's gonna be approaching 30. He has a lot of injury history. What team's gonna shell out that that three to four year, multi-year contract he wants at 15 million a year? Yeah. So, I mean- And, he, and
3: he's he's been very vocal about wanting to be here, loving the city. Telling other free agents to sign here, just you know, just do it, and I could see yeah. it definitely happening. I could see him and AB working something out. AB's a wizard with contracts. We've seen it time and time again, so I could see something working out where you know he gets a, a lot of the money and guarantees. You know, in a certain sense, and you know, it, it's 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 not going to get no, nothing's past me when it comes to Andrew Barry and what he can do with his contracts.
1: Mm-hmm. I would agree, Christian. What are your thoughts? How would you go about trying to? address the defensive tackle situation because besides wide receiver it's probably the biggest need right now for the Browns
4: I think you got to go out in free agency and get some like proven veterans um one name that I I, like I truly love this name like I've been a huge fan of this guy since when he was with the Detroit Lions the Dominican Sue. I don't know if it'll happen but I think the Browns should make it like just kind of go after him a little bit because I mean he's got the grit he's got the experience I mean he's still I know he's getting older but he's still a dog
1: I'm not against him at all. I'd what is that? What is that contract?
4: That. Like, what is that? Is he?
1: It's He's a free agent after this year, oh. but I don't know. Oh, okay. What the contract is. He might yeah, go back to Tampa Bay though. I mean, if it's like, I think it's around 8 million or so is what Sue's getting paid for one year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. It just depends if it depends how they want to keep addressing this. Do you want to keep going these one year contracts with guys or do you want to try and get someone maybe a little younger on maybe a two or three year deal? Because I don't know how you guys feel about this. This draft does not excite me when it comes to defensive tackle. It just It's like last year to me. There's not, there's not a guy there who's really going to make that difference. People bring up Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, he plays pretty much on first and second down for Georgia. That's about it. The guy is not great like to be a long-term player. And you don't want to, in my opinion, he's more of a waste pick at 13 if you go that route. Because he, he's not going to play the majority of your snaps. Zach, I know you kind of like one prospect in this draft. So oh, how yeah. do you feel about some of the other defensive tackle prospects?
3: Honestly, I'm not really too high on a lot of them. But the reason why I love uh, Logan Hall is because he doesn't just have to play on the inside you know, interior defense alignment. He kind of gives me like a Watt type of feel to his game. And uh, inside is more of like a bull rusher. He's powerful and he's quick. He can get to the quarterback from the inside as well. He can overpower any guard that, that I've I've seen him go against so far. But yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's most that's that's mostly the main prospect that I've I've seen, and I'm like, oh, I, I would love him. And I mean, I know like we're we, we're not we're not going to give up on Togi and players like that. So I still have hope and promise in Togi. But I mean, he just well, he wasn't there this year. He's, he was basically non-existent in my in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Jack. What are your thoughts on? The future of the D tackle room in general, like Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, like what you're in Sheldon Day, like what are your thoughts on them overall to me, Togiai, we kind of knew this, was, this was supposed to be mainly a redshirt year for him, just because uh-huh. of his age, and he was supposed to be known for his strength. So starting to wonder if maybe he plays a bigger role next year. What are your thoughts on just some of the defensive linemen we currently have in the room?
2: Well, I think that that they're all going to really have to step up and take an increased role because obviously they didn't really get that much play time. They didn't see an extended role in any of the games outside of maybe a couple where we had some COVID protocol. Um, but they're they're going to have to really step up uh, in the off season. Really, you know, improve their game to, because obviously we are we were already having issues with the D tackle room. the The fact of the matter is is that those guys are going to have to really come out and and have like a breakout year at least to give us a, like a decent rotation of players that we can put at that position because otherwise it's going to be just a complete next man up. Everyone's going to be average. We're going to need to keep looking in in free agency. And I mean, I want them to do that anyways, but if these guys don't improve, they're not going to be able to really make as much of an impact as as it's going to be necessary to really help out those guys on the edge. As we saw this season, they didn't really get that much help on the inside at all. Outside of some like Malik McDowell plays.
1: Yeah. And Christian, I want to throw a question to you. How are you feeling about Jordan Elliott? This is a guy who's been here a couple of years now. Malik McJ- Malik McDowell and Malik Jackson are both starting to wear down this year. And Jordan Elliott really wasn't at any point really able to start over them. Does Jordan Elliott's development worry you a little bit? Because I'm getting to the point to where he's been around a couple of years. He hasn't really shown me anything. Like there has to be an upgrade over Jordan Elliott at this point.
4: Yeah, I kind of thought that he was going to take that – he was going to be more progressive and take more snaps away from like a Malik McJackson who's getting a little older. And he never really made that jump, as you said. And it kind of shocked me because it looked like he was putting in the work in the off seasons. He had the little – the videos here and there of him working out. And you're like, okay, we've got a young stud. Nobody really knows his name. It's just kind of like a hidden gem that we know about but not really everybody knows about. I mean, his rookie year, he was showing flashes. Like, I mean, he was getting to the quarterback getting in through the uh, run stopping and yeah, it's just been kind of shocking that he's not really developed as we all thought.
3: Yeah. And another, another thing about him was like, when we drafted him, a lot of people were like, you know, this, this guy could be a young stud, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just, we talked about it in the off season again, Tyler and Jack, and it's just like a lot of people said to us, they told us like, don't, don't be shocked if he does, if he gets pushed to the back burner a little bit. And that was even before we went and signed clowny. So he might be one of those guys that is just like, you know, I, I've heard a lot of things where players take like a 25% to 75% regression when they come from college to the NFL. He could be up there in that 75%, man, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I mean, when you're playing behind Miles Garrett and Clowney, you, you know, you would think they'd be learning faster and, mm-hmm. you know, getting better with their reps and stuff. But he's just one of those guys like, if Porter Gustin's playing over you,
2: yeah. It's, yeah,
3: you know it's it's one of those things, man.
1: It's it's definitely a problem for sure. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. And of course, just moving on in general, kind of taking an early look at free agency. What would you say, Zach? Are the best options for the team moving forward regarding defensive tackle and edge? We're going to start there first. I mean, their defensive tackle isn't great as far as free agent options, but one that intrigues me on possibly a short term deal. Taylor Jones is going to be a free agent this year from the Cardinals. And he's looking at about a two year contract at about 33 million a year. You could possibly structure that very favorably for the Browns, possibly a Vaughn Miller that could possibly add him. So what are some of your um, favorites that you like going into next year, as far as possibly adding a free agency, especially defensive end? For
3: strictly edge defenders is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I would even look for like a reunion with like an Emmanuel Agba. I mean, he's one of those names that pops up again. He's only 28, you know. He's, I mean, it's going to be three years, roughly, probably, you know, up to 12, 13 again, and that's if you don't get Clowney back. That's the only thing that really, you know, comes up to me is like, if you're going to pay these guys this amount of money, you might as well go get Clowney back, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's not really like a loaded uh, free agency for interior defense linemen or edge defenders, and that's something we really got to shore up. So I mean, Emmanuel Ogba think a reddick is a free agent this year so there's definitely names i definitely love chandler jones It's a vet to bring in here but i don't know if you would get him on a
1: multi-year deal or anything like that well that's what i'm saying like i don't think as of right now clowning if clowning is back it's on another one-year deal i don't think he's here in a long-term contract I, I just i don't i don't know how you guys feel about that jack christian whoever wants to jump in with that do you think that they would sign to Davian Clowney to a long-term contract, given the injury history, given the fact he's going to be 30.
2: I mean, I might see them maybe doing two years with an option to get out of it after one. Uh, I mean, I don't think that they'd want to really invest too much into him just because of the fact that there are years where sometimes he has up and down years. He obviously, he's had an injury history the last couple of years. Uh, Not so much this year, but uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't think that they'd sign him to three, four years into someone who could possibly just get hurt or miss huge portions of the season.
1: Christian, what are your thoughts on, today being clowny on a one or a long-term contract do you you see the Browns possibly giving him a long-term deal or do you think it's more if he comes back it's going to be a short-term deal on about a one-year contract
4: I think it's going to be about a two to three they're going to try to keep it like as team friendly as possible because I mean as you guys said the injuries that he's had in the past I mean inconsistencies I mean playing across from Miles Garrett really helps I mean People like, I mean, we've saw all year teams still triple teaming them and double teaming them all game. And Jadavion just kind of slips by and gets the yep. sack or the stop. And I think they'll try to keep it as team friendly because I mean, you, if you can go get like a uh, Emmanuel Ogba, I think that they can do that same stuff. And as you said, he's a little bit younger than Jadavion, mm-hmm. and so keep the little fresh yeah. legs out there.
3: And I like this comment by uh, Uncle Jemmy here. Uh, Randy Gregory is also an undrafted free agent, or restricted free agent. Excuse me. He is. So
1: he's tough for me because he he's got talent. I mean, he's always had the talent. There's not that's not been a question. He's been suspended multiple times. He's also had a lot of injury issues, and he's going to be thirty. Yeah. But he's cheap. He is really. He's I mean, very he's really cheap, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe a Tack McKinley situation there.
3: I feel possibly. like the only I feel like the only reason we really go look at any of these guys on like a one year deal to a multi year deal is if we can't work it out with Clowney. And I think yeah. I feel like that's the only reason that we really do it. We definitely got to sure up more depth on the defensive line. But I'm telling you, man, like if we could get that interior defensive line shored up even more, and then th- they have no choice but to you know they can't triple team, double team Miles, double team Clowney anymore, and then it's just, it's going to be a threat with JOK. Who knows what we do at middle linebacker. And I think, I don't know if Anthony Walker is going to walk himself. Like there's going to be a lot of things that go on, man, that Joe Woods defense could even be better next season than it was this year.
1: Yeah. And some interesting names uh, too, that I, that I've seen from this class, Derek Bartonette's that's going to be a, a free agent. I know that we've been connected to him in the past because Andrew Barry's familiar with him when it's time in the Eagles front office, some other free agents, manual, Manuel but, Manuel I would love him back. I just think Miami's got cap space, and they're going to keep him. I'd be shocked if they didn't because he's had a huge impact on that defense. But some other free agents, Buffalo's got a lot of free agents. Mario Addison at defensive end, Jerry Hughes, Akeem Hicks from the Bears, um, Jason Pierre-Paul's another free agent, Calais Campbell, and Dante Fowler Jr. That's really, outside of Clowney, those are really your top guys Uh on the defensive end market. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind Calais Campbell. I don't think he leaves Baltimore <laughs> or Baltimore lets him go to Cleveland. But, I mean, but like you said, clown, I, I think it is clowning too if they can work out a one-year deal. I just can't see them giving a multi-year contract to any of these guys that have injury history and are approaching 30 or 30 yeah. years old. That's just me.
3: All right, okay. I gotta I gotta put this up here. I gotta put this up here. He's asked like seven times. Let's do it. Can we
4: get a woo-hoo? Woo!
0: Woo! Woo!
4: Buddy, <laughs> I'll raise him one and I'll get my yeehaw. You ready for it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Oh god. There you
2: go. There you go. And
1: now we're gonna transition here to a position that we've talked <laughs> about pretty much nonstop. <laughs> um since even during the season is the wide receiver position that's a huge need for the Browns I argue it's still the most important position for the Browns this is a decent free agent class Christian Kurt DJ Chark Mike Williams Cedric Wilson Will Fuller Marquez Valdez Scantling so Jack out of some of the names in this class that we know about so far who's some of the guys that you'd be interested in if you're the Browns and Andrew Berry?
2: I mean, I think someone like uh, Christian Kirk is definitely a name that I think a lot of people, especially around here, are going to want to look at just because of the fact that he kind of fills that niche that we've been looking for. And he's really speedy. He's got a lot of uh, he, he's really does have uh, like that vertical threat potential. Uh, another. Uh, free agent that I'm actually interested in is, is possibly Emmanuel Sanders, just as a veteran good slot receiver. He's able to kind of fill in a, a decent role uh, as one of those guys that has that's, has pretty consistent hands. He's actually pretty decent. He had a pretty good year this year uh, in the Bills. Uh, I I really do like uh, DJ Chark. I just think that he's a he's a really nice tall receiver and obviously he doesn't he didn't really work out in Jacksonville which kind of sucks history, Jack. I know injury, injury history, history. I'm there for the, the right price. but yeah. again it's like it's one of those things where he's likely to have a bounce back here, considering that he had basically a whole year to rest up uh, and he didn't have to deal with, you know, <laughs> with, uh, with, with he who shall not be named as the coach uh, at, at, during his entire year down, down in Jacksonville. So, I mean, I think Christian Kirk, I think someone like Emmanuel Sanders, if you want like a, a really savvy veteran, DJ Chark, if you want a, a younger guy with upside uh, and I mean, obviously the draft, I mean, there's so many guys that that we could possibly look at. Uh,
1: Christian, who are a couple names that come to mind for you? just looking at the free agent class to begin with. I, I obviously, I think it's pretty apparent. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, those are probably out of the Browns price range.
4: Yeah, I think some of my favorite ones, as you said, uh, was uh, DJ Chark. Like I've been really high on him. I think his upside is just phenomenal, and I've been a fan of him since his days at LSU. Um, and another one would be AJ Green. He's, uh, he's a vet. He's bigger. I don't know if uh, Cincinnati would let us do that, but fluff them. Um, Arizona, then, yeah. Arizona. You mean Arizona? Well, I mean, you know, division. Oh, yeah, okay. the Cincinnati. Oh, I got you. Oh, okay, 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 getcha. Okay.
1: No, I don't uh, care what they
4: think, Christian. Exactly, fluff them. <laughs> Keeping it. PG.
1: AJ Green would be interesting, man. I didn't even really think about that one. That that's an interesting one. I have a feeling because just because he's on such a low contract at his age, if Arizona can only keep one of Kurt or green, they might opt for AJ green just because he's the cheaper option. But that's, I I love that idea though, because the Browns need another guy on the outside. Zach, I know we were talking about this in pre-show the idea of Christian Kurt. It's I'm not, we're not against it. Um, You and I were talking about this, but given the money that he's going to projected to make about four years, $51 million on the open market. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to give a slot receiver that much money given that that's exclusively what he's going to play? And the Browns meet, uh, are going to need an outside receiver.
3: If we see the Browns go after him and pay him up to like 11 to 12 mil a year, then you know that they're going to go after probably another big body wide receiver, maybe like a Burks or a London in the draft, or they're going to aim to go get them at 13. The thing is, I just don't know if that's the move we're going to make because you could draft, like I said earlier, and like you have been saying, like through your mock drafts, Tyler, like you can draft your next slot wide receiver, Dotson, mm-hmm. uh, Sky Moore could even play a very solid uh, slot wide receiver. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can line up Dobbs as a slot wide wide receiver too. Um, Yeah. So, like, there really is no excuse to really overpay on wide receivers and free agency this year just because you can get your wide receiver one, your wide receiver two, and possibly your wide receiver three all in the same draft. So,
1: Who are some names that are intrigued? Because obviously Jack and Christian gave theirs. Who are some names that intrigue you? On the free agent Dude. market,
2: if the Browns go, that Odell role.
3: Beckham Jr. Man, can you imagine him in Cleveland?
2: Oh man, that'd be that's crazy. what
3: we need. We need a guy like. That.
2: Wait, what about Josh Gordon? He's available. I think that that would probably be a. Weird he actually would be available.
3: <laughs> hey, at least at least he played a full season for the Chiefs. He did. Yeah. He, did. Um, he played, like half a year. played like
2: half a year. He played like half his year. Oh, okay. Year. Well, you know
3: what I'm saying. I, I don't remember <laughs> getting any drug bust lately, but. Uh, oh I I said I said Christian Kirk. Uh, I've, I've said Will Fuller, uh, Cedric Wilson. I love Cedric Wilson. I do not want to see Poo Poo Schuster come here. Valdez Corley, Scantling Corley. But Tyler, Valdez Scantling is a solid target, but Tyler does not think that Green Bay is letting them go. So, obviously, you know, what Tyler says goes. I have no <laughs> inside
1: information. I just what whatever Aaron <laughs> Rodgers says goes.
3: That's very true, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, but man. i mean
3: the rest of the rest of these guys on the market like you know you, you could dream big you could go okay i want chris godwin that's probably not gonna happen i want mike williams i don't think that's gonna happen i mean he's gonna get probably up near 17 18 million a year because of you know probably because of herbert so what do you think about guys... a
1: guy like uh, russell gage yeah russell gage it, is very intriguing at the right yeah he's us. very
3: intriguing yeah but the thing is like you could also you can't rule out trades, but a lot of these guys are already under contract for so much money, man. Like Calvin Ridley's not going to be able to come here because of his contract. His
1: yeah, couch, I was going to bring tremendous. him up. What do you guys think of Calvin, the Calvin Ridley situation?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I I think I think his talent is 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 incredible, but I just don't know where he's going to be mentally in the next you know, five, six months. I mean, he's a, he, he took three, like three months of the season off. So I'm just not hundred percent sure if I want him to be traded for then signed and then have a chance of him having another issue where he needs to take, you know, half the season off. I, I, I just don't want to put all, I, I I'd rather maybe, yeah, in a couple years, maybe when, but then at that point, he'll be like 30 years old. And then it's like, well, crap. then what's the point? I, I just don't really feel like put investing so many assets into obtaining a player that we then have to invest more money into to then maybe get our money back our back in value. But it's, it, yeah, I just don't think it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's going to fetch probably a first or a second and even more. I It looks like Benjamin Albright was talking about, don't be surprised if the Patriots are in on Calvin Ridley. That makes way too much sense. But then he's just he's gonna want a pretty good sized contract. And he's already 27 and he's yeah, had injury history. He's had is this true for
3: vibes check? Is this true he's wanting 30 million a year?
1: I haven't heard that. I know he wants yeah. a new contract. He wants to be paid like a top receiver. So I mean, he wants wide receiver one money. I'm not willing to pay him that. That's just me. But a couple names I want to mention that Cedric Wilson, first and foremost, at like five or six million a year is someone I really want. Uh, for the Browns at 26 years old, I think he'd be a great fit here. Mm-hmm. I go back to Jamison Crowder if you're looking for that slot option. He could be a guy from the Jets. I think the Jets would let him leave, given they want maybe want to get a little bit younger. You would he's be on, cheap. You'd he's be like cheap. 29. Um, another name that you guys are absolutely going to hate, but when I've listened to Jeff Lloyd's podcast and Jake Burns, they've mentioned this name, Juju Smith-Schuster would <sighs> fit. In, no, listen, he would fit in the offense like a glove like this is they Dude. actually said as far as like the type of scheme the browns run the top the type of player he is as a blocker and as a route runner he would actually fit the type of big slot receiver they would
2: want i'm not Dude. saying it'll happen but it he would call
3: the nameless gray faces
2: look if they copied Dude, no, his skill set on. onto another player i would take that player yeah. but <laughs> i don't want tiktok merchants on my team okay if guys are
1: good and they come here and win us games. It is what it is. Like, if he wore a Browns uniform next year, you guys are telling me you wouldn't, you wouldn't root for him to succeed.
2: No, I would. No comment. No comment. I would. Okay. I'm not a (laughs) hypocrite. I'm not even going to try to act like I wouldn't because that's not true. Okay. It's like it's like the you really think that the people in Baltimore cared when Ray Lewis came out after all that? They didn't care. He's like, well, he's playing and he's wearing my jersey, so I have to root for him. Obviously, like, yeah, I'm not, and I don't want to compare juju making tiktoks to to whatever you know we <laughs> lose but but again it's like one of those things where it's like yeah if he was on my team i'd probably say yay juju's on my team like once the, mm-hmm. the season started but before that no i don't want this guy on my team i don't like him like i don't I, i'm not interested in him at all <laughs> No, yeah, he and never that's, okay, he never got convicted. Neither did neither did Casey Anthony. Shut up. No one cares. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but I mean, no, but I, I, I can definitely understand that. It, it's more so for the fit, he would fit the offense very well. Two other names though, that would be cheap additions that I like. Braxton Brios from the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. only at twenty six years old. I, I don't know if the Jets let him go, but he could be a cheap sign, and I like Russell Gage too. But I don't know if Atlanta lets him go if they're going to lose Calvin Ridley. So those are some of the guys, at least I like personally. And in the draft, we're going to talk about this a lot uh, over the next couple months. But wide receiver is going to be a huge position of need for the Browns. Zach, you know who when I'm talking, who I'm going to go with. But who are some names that you really are intrigued with the Browns drafting possibly at number 13 at wide receiver?
3: Uh, (laughs) Where do I start? Garrett Wilson. I love Drake London. Uh, I think Drake London probably going to end up being one of the first wide receivers taken, though. Traylon Burks, those would be the three I go for in Alave. Those would be the three I really go for at 13. The rest of them, I think, could still possibly be those dudes where you can get second second round. You could probably get, if you want to go back to back, that is, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but second round, you can get, you know, Dotson, you can get Dobbs, you know, people like that.
2: Uh, I I mean, I think. Drake London is obviously like the his skill set is insane. Uh, I have just a special spot in my heart for Chris Olave. I love that kid. I, I really, I really would love to see what he can do at the NFL level on my team. I'm sick and tired of seeing other of seeing good Ohio State wide receivers go to other teams and absolutely light it up. I, I mean, I'd love him on on this team. I honestly, I think the Browns wouldn't even I, I wouldn't even put past the Browns that if like they get into the second round and somehow, and I, this is just somehow Jameson Williams is still there. I wouldn't be surprised if they even maybe try to see if they can get him sometime like in early second round, maybe trade up and just having two top top tier talented wide receivers within the first two rounds. I know that like that might not be something that a lot of people want to do is draft an injured player, but I think Jameson Williams has the talent. And if you put him in there with another, you know, top tier wide receiver that you get at number thirteen, I think that you would have just a duo of guys that you could you really just base your entire offense around. I mean,
1: Christian, who are some of the guys that you really like for the Browns at wide receiver in this draft class?
4: I really like Garrett Wilson. I mean, but I don't think he'll make it to us either. I I like Drake London. His stock's like slowly climbing up and it'll continue to climb up because everybody's intrigued by his speed and his height and just his ability to catch in traffic. Um, I really like Traylon Burks. He's probably my favorite. I think he's probably going to be the one we take at thirteen. Um, But there's another receiver I would like us to get, and it's not going to be like the first round or the Mm -hmm. second round. It's probably like a third, maybe a fourth-round target, and it's my boy Wandell Robinson out of Kentucky. Um, I think that's somebody we could throw in that slot position. Yeah, Um, exactly. And he can catch in traffic. Like, I mean, I know he's short, but the dude, I don't care who's hitting him, they can go hit stick, and he's still coming down with the ball. Mm -hmm. And he's just a dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's another guy who's kind of sleeping under the radar is Wendell Robinson. I, I would agree with that. It'd be he'd be an interesting fit only from the perspective of he's a guy who, like, not me. This isn't me, but a lot of people at the next level projecting is more of like a gadget guy, a guy that you just get the ball in his hands and he'll make plays, which mm-hmm. is kind of what it sounds like the Browns wanted D'Mitrik Felton to be. So I don't know if they would necessarily <laughs> spend that second or third round pick on. Wondell Robinson, even though I think he's an insane talent. But for me, I mean, I'm going to start at the very top. Drake London's wide receiver one, and it's really not close. Mm -hmm. I mean, guy had a 91.3 overall grade, 87.1 grade against man coverage, 67.9 against contested catch rate, first in contested catches, seventh in missed tackles. And all those stats are from Pro Football Focus. I mean, this guy played eight games. He played eight games and absolutely just dominated with terrible quarterback play. Yeah. Like, I mean, 88 catches, over 1,000 yards, 12.3 yards per catch, and, I mean, and seven touchdowns. I I, I don't know. If he's there, I don't know how you don't take him. Like, I I just, I, I don't. I know people are concerned that, like, he's a contested catch guy. He can absolutely separate. That's not. That's not a question. And you have to look at too, the quarterback play you deal with in college. That doesn't mean a guy can't separate. Uh-huh. But Traylon Burks is number two. Garrett Wilson is number three. I was higher on Garrett Wilson earlier, but the more I watch Drake London and Traylon Burks, they're just, they're one and two. Traylon Burks is what you hope eventually you can get a Debo Samuel 2.0. That's, dude, that's what, what I'm saying. Traylin He's a linebacker
3: size Debo Samuel,
1: dude. Like, yeah.
3: He's one of those dudes, man.
1: He's got a lot of talent. I mean, they just got him the ball, and he could really do it all. I mean, he could line up in the backfield, too. Garrett Wilson, he's a very good receiver, and there's no doubt in it. But the thing about Garrett Wilson that he doesn't have compared to others in this class, there's not that one thing that he's better than everyone else in this class at. He doesn't – like, he's really good in contested catches. He's really good at creating separation, but he's not the top guy. He's not elite in one of those categories yeah like I I saw when you when you tweeted on Zach about Matt Miller Matt Miller was saying that too but he's I mean he is right Garrett Wilson is that guy that does everything well but he isn't going to immediately blow you away with one particular thing he does well Mm -hmm. that's I mean that's the only thing I have against Garrett Wilson but number number four wide receiver for me is Chris Olave I mean I'd love him here and I said I think Fit-wise, he's the best fit in the draft. Probably from anyone yeah, the best route class. runner
3: in the draft.
1: Yeah. In, in a timing-based offense, guys, that Kevin Stefanski likes to run, Chris Olave is going to be where he has to be at all times. They're like, And that's why he's probably the best fit. And then number five, the guy who's growing on me a lot, maybe eventually number four or top into my top three, is Jalen Dotson from Penn State. Mm-hmm. The guy is a smaller wide receiver. He can play the slide. He can play outside. But he just – he gets open, and then his yards after the catch are just amazing. I'm a Jalen Dotson. He's growing on me a lot. Zach, I know you've talked about him too. I'm a Jalen Dotson fan. I I
3: like guys that you can use in and out on the field, like perimeter, slot, whatever you got to do, you can plug and play them. I I love guys like that. And I think, you know, Burks and London are those dudes that – they're gonna, you know, be that big body, throw it up to him, they're gonna catch it. And I would love that. And but I think Dots is one of those guys that you can you can get later on still. You trade up back up to get him. Like if you really feel like he, he's gonna be there. So I really feel mm-hmm. like the Browns can sure up key pieces on the wide receiver. Ooh. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's gonna be insane. That's gonna be insane.
1: Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Jack and Christian, who are some of your more under the radar guys at wide receiver that you'd like to see end up on the Browns? Obviously, I know Christian, you mentioned um, Wandale Robinson, but who are some other guys maybe that like maybe in round two or round three you'd like the Browns to take a look at?
4: I Honestly, I really haven't looked much into it, really past the first and second round. Uh, still early in mock draft season, Chris. yeah, worry, it's, man. it's still early. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm really high on Wondell. I think just watching him, he has like just a charisma and just the way he just he's shifty, man. Like I don't know, I guess it's just because he's tiny. And he's, like, smaller. It's just, like, it's harder to take him down. So, Christian, do you know a lot about uh, Sky Moore, by chance? I Out of don't. Western
1: Michigan? Dude,
4: I watch I saw this some, tape.
3: Go watch this tape. If you want to talk about Shifty, Yeah, I saw this some tape.
4: people talk about him, but, like, I really haven't, like, looked into him, so I don't want to be like, yeah, I know all this about him. But I have saw some people, like, tweet about him and bring his name up. He seriously
1: reminds you of Elijah Moore from Old Miss, mm-hmm. which is ironic because they have the same last name. But, yeah. I mean – He's – the dude is really shifty. He's a guy who – he's going to climb up draft he, – he's going to climb up draft boards here, and I don't know if he'd be available in the second or third. I, I don't. He, he could possibly go in round one, and it wouldn't surprise me. So, he's quite a talent. Another guy I like in the later rounds, in round three, um, and in the second, high second round possibly, I like Romeo Dubes out of Nevada. Stephen Thomas, Zach, mentioned him to us last year. Romeo Dubes is a guy who just makes plays all over the field, Mm. and he'd be a great fit in the offense that the Browns want to run. But also, we saw him a little bit, and that's George Pickens out of Georgia. He was injured pretty much. He was injured pretty much all year, but he he came on in the playoffs, and every now and then had had a couple chunk plays there. But he's got the talent, man. It's just been a question of injuries with him, but he can play. I, I mean, he's got a lot of talent. I'd like him as possibly a late round option too, but. I mean, as as, um, you guys are in the chat here, can see these highlights of Sky Moore. I mean, this is that's against Pittsburgh. I mean, the guy's just he has a nose for the ball and gets open. I mean, he had it over a 90 grade, according to Pete uh, Pro Football Focus this year. Dude, just a talent. Like, after the catch, I mean, he's so he's a small guy, but in the slot, I don't know how you're covering him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what you need. Um, But Zach, who is one more guy possibly. Um, under the radar, maybe that teams are sleeping on a little bit in the draft at wide receiver. Is there one name that really stands out for you?
3: Now, uh, under the radar, not not as much, no, but that that's I think that would be those Dotsons and Moores. These dudes are getting slept on in mock drafts because everyone's just, you know, looking at the Garrett Wilsons, the Olave's players like this are gonna be your difference makers, man. They really are. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be quick. They're gonna, uh slot receivers like Dotson, like you said, Tyler. Inside or outside, that dude is just a dual threat, like all over the field. He's just a threat, so that's one of those dudes that I really want to see us go after. Land and uh, I'm telling you, man, if we can get uh, like a London, a Burks, Wilson with a Dotson, with a Dotson or uh, a Dobbs, like you said, you're shoring up a lot right there, man. You don't even have Zach. to guess. You don't even have to spend money in free agency.
2: Zach, yeah, yeah. What do you think about uh Khalil Shakir from Boise State? I'm a fan. I, I I like look I I am gonna be honest here. I don't do a lot of like early draft like discussion and early draft analysis because I that's not my thing. I I'm not really super good at at it. But one of the things is that I've been looking a lot at wide receiver and Khalil Shakir was one of the one of the names that kept popping up. And as I watched a lot of his film, this guy can catch like anything you throw at him. His body mm-hmm. control's insane. Like, and, and at, at the slot position, especially considering that I think a lot of us here are, as we all always say, is that Jarvis isn't going to be here. We're going to need someone who's consistently able to catch the ball at that position. And this guy can catch basically anything you throw at him. He, he's, he can catch through contact. He can catch the ball when it's way out of position. I mean, this guy's hands are insane. And, I, I, like, I just, I know that he, obviously, we're talking about, like, third round like second round and and I know that this guy might not even make it to the end of the second round. Guy that we should also be looking at and considering like considering that slot position is going to be open sometime out in this offseason. Um
1: I I'm a big fan of him Jack I, and uh, Pete Smith, he covers the Browns, uh Browns Digest for Sports Illustrated has mentioned him a lot as far as just an overall fit that he would be for the offense the Browns want to run. I'm a huge fan of him. Before we do move on and, like, move on past um, drafting wide receivers here a little bit, one more guy under the radar, and he's only under the radar, I believe, due to a scary neck injury that he suffered in 2020. And Clemson's overall just poor quarterback play this year, that's Justin Ross. Justin Ross has been a guy who he was supposed to be the number one wide receiver in this class, um, people said even two years ago. But he had a very scary neck injury. It kind of held him back a little bit. But Justin Ross is an absolute talent at wide receiver. The biggest thing with him, kind of like George Pickens, though, is health. But I mean, if you want a guy who can create separation, he'll make pretty much any catch. He's about 6'4. He needs I think he needs to put on a little bit more muscle, but Justin Ross is an, is an absolute machine at wide receiver. And Clemson, as much as I don't want li- I've never liked Clemson just because, of course, them destroying us a couple of years ago in the college football playoff. Clemson always puts out very good wide receivers. So I think he's someone that the Browns definitely could look at, possibly in that third, fourth round, depending on if you're comfortable with his medicals. Uh So, I mean, overall, it's a loaded wide receiver class. There's no doubt about that. Are there any other positions you guys want to talk about um, in the draft? Of course, we're we'll getting more draft talk later. Are there any positions you guys want to hit on a little bit before we move on?
3: I mean, next week, I, I think next week we can hit on a few more, like
2: linebacker or something like that. But I mean, I would say defensive tackle. Unfortunately, I just haven't done a lot of research into, into it. There's not <laughs> much to do, tackle. in my so, opinion. I mean, so, I mean, it's really, tough. like, it's like, I could, we could talk about defensive tackle. I mean, we could talk about running back. But, I, again, it's like, I, I feel like everyone here has just been like, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. We need to get a wide receiver. Who are the wide receivers? Where are the wide receivers? Who's available? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) no, I I get it. I mean, we're going to dive in, of course, into draft talk a lot more. But the really big news, the other big news really of today and of this week, Baker Mayfield has successful shoulder surgery today. Recovery is looking in about four to six weeks. He did post a video on his Instagram page. And just kind of giving an update on his situation and where he's at right now, and his next steps for his recovery as he goes about uh, tackling the rehab process here.
0: Surgery went great; uh, was a complete success. Had a great medical team uh, that took care of me, and um, checked that that box off to get this fixed. And now it's on the way to you know the road to recovery. Um, you know, this is a, a one of those steps to. Get back to my true self. Um, this past year hasn't been very easy. Uh, a lot of stuff has gone down, and, and it wasn't wasn't easy on me or my family. So I appreciate everybody that's reached out, that wished me well, and good luck on the surgery, all the prayers, and everything. It, it definitely did not go unnoticed. So thank you. Um, thanks to everybody that's helped out so far. Um, now it's now it's on the way to the road to recovery. It's not going to be an easy one, but um, it's going to be one that I'm going to remember, and it's going to be a special one. So. Uh, I'll keep you guys updated. Thank you so much. Uh, But this is is not the end of my story. Uh, It's just going to be one of those little things that I'll look back and remember that it's um, one of those challenges and adversity that I'm going to try and take advantage of, and it'll make me a better person. So thank you for everybody that's reached out. Once again, uh, let's go get it.
1: Of course, guys, now we are going to spend about I'd say twelve hours right now analyzing <laughs> that and determining if that means he's going to be. What back does or he not.
3: mean? Not the end of his story.
1: Means
2: why didn't, he's why back. didn't he? Why didn't he say anything about the Browns? Cut him. He didn't say it. He didn't even say dog <laughs> check. He didn't do a dog yeah. check for the people in, that that weren't in the room with him. This is horrible, man. Terrible. Cut him. Not not a brown. So yeah, not uh, a
4: brown. before we talk about anything, okay. So what he was wearing was that? Was he wearing a sports bra? <laughs>
1: I, I think he was wearing think,
2: uh, was a, a tank top okay <laughs> yeah, it looked like one of those straps. it looked like it was,
3: it was cut like he forgot clothes emily had to lend, lend him a bra dude that's it's, what it, it was not a big deal it's not a big deal cute he's rqb doesn't matter but why wasn't it orange bro God. that's yeah oh yeah why <laughs> was I mean, it yellow tyler
1: yeah it why was it yellow that's pittsburgh colors bro
2: not it. it, it, it Not that's fake news. That's that's yeah. like color saturation issues. Don't worry. It's, uh... Why did he
1: seem so disinterested in the video? Yeah, too? man. Like, why? why
2: did it seem like he was like on drugs or something? Yeah. Like he was why on some like he just sort got anesthetic? Surgery. <laughs> like
3: <That's> so <laughs> weird, dude. I mean, that's so dude, weird. This,
2: this guy is really unprofessional. He took it in like a dimly lit room. I mean, this guy is. Uh, I don't know, man. Who
3: filmed that? Emily <laughs> definitely wasn't Stefanski. They have a rift.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, was Stefanski even there? <laughs> was Stefanski did did Stefanski do the surgery? I don't think he did. I don't know if this Stefanski, guy's good enough to be our coach.
3: The fancy made a comment I heard and said he still gives us the best chance to win. It's going to throw him out there.
2: Let's go. Oh
1: my goodness. But right. I mean, we we wish Baker Mayfield a speedy recovery. 4 to 6 weeks is I mean 4 to 6 months, my apologies. There is projected timetable there. You're looking at about the end of April when he'll be able to actually start possibly light throwing again off season program around May. So that brings us to the poll question that some of you guys took a little too seriously. Way and too seriously. This, this wasn't meant to like, say we're trade. We, we actually defend Baker a lot and we believe he'll be here next year. But the question was simple. Are you guys willing to trade quarterback Baker Mayfield? 54% said no. 46% said yes with 486 votes. So thank you guys for voting in that. But and yes, you, you had guys ask for what? Okay. Well, the aspect is, would you trade him first? Of like, yeah. Like, how do you feel? The, that's it. Simple question. question. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach- are,
3: are you willing to trade Baker Mayfield? That, that was the question. That was it. And people said this, this is the dumbest question ever. This has no context. Like, okay, let's make up a hypothetical to so make it make sense to you. Are you willing to trade him for Russell Wilson? Obviously, people are going to be like, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go get Russell Wilson. Yeah, of course. For Aaron... yeah, exactly, totally right? It's like,
2: that.
3: exactly, dude. It's just like, come on. I was just, it was just a simple question we put on our poll. I said, are you willing to trade Baker Mayfield? Are you guys still willing to just give up on it like this, you know? And people just take it, everything too serious. Everyone is so high strung on Brown's Twitter right now. I'm not sure if we're the only team, but everyone is just living on edge, man. It's just like, it's like they're, 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 former cigarette smokers that need their fix. You know, it's just like, everything's just irking them, dude. Baker Mayfield is that cigarette right now.
1: It's true. No, it really is. So Zach, you answer your, you answer the poll question first. Would you trade Baker Mayfield?
3: No, no. You're going to write out this fifth year option. You're going to upgrade the wide receiver room. The only thing that I I'm at a crossroads at is the true relationship between him and Stefanski because if it's true, if Baker wants this system to be this up-tempo system, like Jeremy Fowler, and we're going to talk about it, Tyler, but that Jeremy Fowler article said that if Baker wants it to be this up-tempo system and Stefanski wants to be this 12, 13 personnel system strictly, is Baker not, is Baker going to want a fresh start? Is Baker going to want to go somewhere else? But I think we saw a lot this year was Stefanski trying to implement, and of course, you know, his quarterback was injured, but Stefanski trying to implement that type of system along with his just kind of make tweaks and modifications to his own system to where we can run 12, 13, 13 personnel. We can run the ball with Chubb. We don't have hunt, but we can run the ball with hunt, play action, bootlegs, and then we can, okay, now let's spread it out wide. Leaves defenses on their heels. I don't think the fancy is going to have any issue with that. I think the fancy was like, okay, well, who do we have at wide receiver to do this with right now? And our quarterback has one shoulder. So I, I feel like you're going to see a lot more tweaks and modifications. to the fancy system. Cause guys don't forget. He's learning as a head coach, still. So it's the second year. So there's still a lot that he has to learn get get with. And if he trusts in Baker, if this organization trusts in Baker, then they're going to work together. And it's going to be like for a long time type of work together to make this thing right.
1: Mm-hmm. Jack, would you uh, you answer the question next? Would you trade Baker Mayfield?
2: Uh, no, because I don't think that there's any sort of realistic trade that works that makes any sense for it i mean would i trade him if they were if it was like a clear obvious upgrade sure but i mean i just don't think that that's going to happen i don't think that it that we've seen really a a, a complete for sure uh like a hundred percent baker mayfield uh with with the the perfect system around him with with everything that we want him to have and I mean, I don't know if I'm willing to get rid of him for nothing, if if that's if that's really the question at this point. Because like, that's basically what we'd be getting back. I don't think it's worth trading Baker Mayfield if there's still a chance that he could be our, our franchise quarterback. And I think a lot of people wish that he is, and I, that's me too. I want him to be our franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm right there with you, Christian. Would you trade Baker Mayfield?
4: No. Um, all the quarterbacks that you could trade, I don't think, Like, the ones that are hypothetically linked to us, um, Mm -hmm. like the Kirk Cousins, I don't think that that would even – like, the cap hit we'd have to take. That's double what uh, Baker's going to make next year almost. And Russell Wilson, that's long shot. Deshaun Watson, long shot. Derek Carr, long shot. Like, all the trades hypothetically are just kind of – like There's no ground to him. Like, and it would just hurt the team, honestly, because you're giving up assets that you would need to build the offense because of the – I mean, we're, we're lacking receivers, as we just talked about. And if we trade um, Baker and, like, a pick to go get Derek Carr or multiple picks to get Derek Carr or Russell Wilson, then we're without and we're having to spend more money on this new quarterback and trying to get him help here in Cleveland. But – and – I mean, as I said before we started recording, we've kind of seen Baker at his highs and we've seen him at his lows. And that his highs were kind of 2020 and his lows were last season.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I wouldn't trade him either. There's not an upgrade out there. And I think with a healthy Baker, and we've seen it, you had a top 10 quarterback and the highlights, even the first two weeks of the season when he's 40 of 49 before the injury. I mean, the dude was absolutely balling. People yeah. point out against Kansas City, well, we didn't throw a touchdown, dude. Like, it oh, really, it was the worst
3: defense in the league, bro.
1: Um, like that just that type of comment's just ridiculous to me. I want to go in moving the goalposts, Fowler.
3: Tyler. Moving huh? goalposts. They're always gonna move the goalposts, man. <laughs> That's what it is, dude.
1: It's true. It's true. And I, I want to refer go back to that uh, Jeremy Fowler article that you were talking about, Zach. That he projected that the Browns will look to trade quarterback Baker Mayfield he said and this is from an NFC executive anonymous executive the Mayfield Kevin Stefanski relation because of course they're so reliable that he's obviously in the Browns organization the Mayfield Kevin Stefanski relationship seems salv- salvageable the franchise shouldn't be eager to dump a quarterback with winning experience after two decades of, of futility in the, in the spot but at the end of the day it's not a great fit He'd be best in a shotgun up-tempo offense like they have in Arizona. The Browns will get rid well, get rid of the only good quarterback they've had in years and fall into the same traps of the past. In this scenario, Mayfield would be looking for support. If the Seahawks did move on from Wilson, I wonder if the Browns would get involved. Seahawks executive Alonzo Highsmith was on the Browns staff that drafted Mayfield in that offense, though not like the Cardinals unit could at least support him with a good running game while unlocking some of the up-tempo shotgun offense. So, a few things, and I'll let you guys weigh in. Seattle does not run that type of offense whatsoever. They have a worse offensive line than the Browns do. And in what way was Baker better in an up-tempo, up-tempo shotgun offense? I know it was college. Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, in college under Lincoln Riley. But when Freddie mm-hmm. Kitchens tried to do it, it didn't work. No. Nope. So, I mean, you really want to go back to that, like try and experiment again with that in year five. So, Zach, what are your initial takeaways from that article?
3: I... I don't know, man. I I couldn't sleep at night last night, man. I'm not gonna lie, because that's just that kind of stuff where it's like, damn, all the speculation. Because I want Baker to work out here. I want him to be our quarterback so bad. Like I'm I'm wearing his jersey right now, but it's just that's the point where it's like, yeah, he he succeeded, and you know he won a Heisman in that type of offense, but it's, it's not college anymore. You're not playing against collegiate defenses anymore, so. I really feel like what we saw in 2020 is this is the system where Baker is going to thrive in, whether that be empty sets too, you know. I'm not going to say high tempo, you know. Kevin's fancy he's not really, really necessarily doing that, but that 12-13 personnel and incorporating bootlegs is just Baker thrived in it, man. When he was healthy, and it just opened up a lot of windows for him to throw and move the offensive line. It, you know, it wasn't just kind of collapsed pockets on him all year, so. I just I think a lot of people saw a bad year with Baker, and a lot of national media jumped on it to get clicks, in my in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: hopefully next year just, this whole narrative can just shut up again.
1: Yeah, Christian, what are your initial takeaways just from that article by Jeremy Fowler and him predicting that the Browns are going to look to trade Baker Mayfield?
4: <sighs> I don't know. It, it's easy to say that the Browns are going to move on from Baker. It's, it just sounds like it's – I mean, that's all we've heard since the season's ended, even before the season's ended, that the Browns are getting rid of Baker. And, I mean, it's something to talk about. As you said, it's good for clicks. Um, But, I mean, at the end of the day, Baker needs to stay in Cleveland just at least one more year. And I know it's bad to say, but, like, give him one more year. Let's see if he's the franchise quarterback. And let's ride it out. If he's not, he's not. If he is, he is. Mm -hmm. But the thing is – you got to have a backup
3: plan then in that case. So like there are, I think they are going to, you know, okay. Baker Mayfield fifth year option, best financial option mm-hmm. alone, but obviously get him healthy and put weapons around him. We saw what he can do in 2020, you know, without OBJ too. So the thing is you got to have a backup plan. So yeah, they might draft a developmental guy this year, but it's not going to be okay. Go out there and start a Baker go South. So then what's your backup plan for that? Do you go get Trubisky? Do you go get a Mariota? I'm interested in your guys' thoughts on that, too, because, I mean, obviously me and Tyler and Jack have picked brains. But, Christian, like, do you think we go after Trubisky? Do you think we go after, like, a Mariota? Like, what do you think?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we definitely have to go after one of them guys. Um, I I think as for last year, it shows that Stefanski and AB didn't have a lot of faith in Case Keenum to go out there and win games. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Trubisky or a Mariota is an upgrade. They've proven that they're solid quarterbacks, that they can go to the playoffs. Um, And, yeah. I, those yeah. are two quarterbacks you can just sub in and mm-hmm. rock and roll.
1: <laughs> uh, Jack, before, before we do just talk about some of those options, the Browns could possibly bring in to compete with Baker. Well, what are your initial thoughts after hearing that article by Jeremy Fowler?
2: I mean, I, I, I don't know if I really believe a lot of what he said in that article. I feel like it's, it really is just him kind of tagging on every single little nitpick that we could possibly have had about Baker. Uh, I don't think that the, the, uh, the running game in, in Seattle is very good. It's kind of right now, it's especially in a nebulous situation where, I mean, you know, they're having a lot of turnover in their running back room. Their offensive line just has not gotten better over the years, even after Russell Wilson, you know, criticized them and asked them to improve it. Um, And I mean, I just don't, I don't really see the Seattle Seahawks trading away Russell Wilson for anything other than like a complete, just hall of picks and players. And I just don't think that's something that, that Andrew Barry is going to do. I just don't think Andrew Barry is going to do anything drastic that, w- that results in him really just giving up a huge uh, stake in the, in the Browns future in terms of, you know, draft picks and possible players. Um, do I think that they'll go and get competition? That's, you know, more in the age range of Baker. Yeah. I think that, you know, a Marcus Mariota might be an interesting, it might be an interesting prospect. I think, Miss Trubisky, a lot of someone who a lot of people wanted us to draft, you know, a couple of like like five years ago. I think that (laughs) I think that, yeah, if you want to bring him in as a as a as a backup and, you know, have some competition, make it so that Baker actually has to continue to perform, then, yeah, I think go for it. But I don't think the idea that Andrew Barry is just going to go from totally invested to we're getting rid of him and then. While also saying no, we're totally invested. Anyways, like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I don't think that there's any real, uh, I don't think there's any real legitimacy to that story outside of the fact that he thinks that Andrew Barry and the front office might be looking for other options. Which I mean, sure.
3: I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously they're it gonna should always be trying
2: options. to upgrade your roster. Uh, yeah, no
3: matter I mean, no matter what it position it is, uh, no matter what position it is, you're gonna. I don't care if they're looking for new running backs right now. Let's put it that way.
1: No, I mean, like for real though, You, if you have an opportunity to upgrade your roster, you do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I I don't think the article though, I I believe they might like explore the option of trading them. It's not realistic though, because he has a four to six month recovery, like from this injury, what team is good. You have, he has to pass a physical. So what team is going to trade for Baker after the draft to come in and be a starting quarterback at that point? Like it just, that part just doesn't, like people go go learn the
3: offense, like like just like that. Go learn a whole new offense. Like
1: exactly, exactly. That's that's my point with this. So like when I see people on Twitter bringing up like the Browns can just go trade Baker, I mean you can say that. You can't trade Baker really until after the draft. You're talking May or June. Yeah. At that point, what the Browns aren't going to have a star, if They're not going to have a guy because they're not going to trade for whoever it might be, like Cousins, whoever it might be, and still have Baker on the roster. They're not going to do that. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, like, how are you you're not trading Baker till after the draft? It's not going to work because the team would want him to be their starting quarterback. They're not going to trade to have Baker Mayfield come in and be a backup for almost $19 million. <laughs> so, I just don't understand that. And then some of these options, guys, these are the most realistic. I'm not, and, and but for the record, I'm really not for any of these. I mean, besides Mary, maybe Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, is a name that will be thrown around. It, it will be. Um, I know how you feel about him. Go. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, am not a, I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. Um, Q, um, a grade by Pro Football Focus of 74.2, but he's just decent. Like, I mean, you could say that's what Baker is, but Baker has a better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, and so Garoppolo doesn't impress me. Marcus Mariota, the last year he was a starter with Tennessee, he had a 76.8 QBR. He's always had some injury concerns, though, to worry about. Derek Carr I don't think is realistic. Jameis Winston possibly could be, but I feel like he's more destined to go to Pittsburgh if he doesn't re-sign with the Saints. He had a 74.2 grade before getting injured. And Trubisky has never graded above 70, like, at all in his NFL career. So I, I, they're probably going to bring in one of these backups. But of those guys, who who's really pushing Baker? And who, if he does take the job, is getting you to – deep into the playoffs maybe mariota maybe 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 i mean does jimmy garoppolo excite one of you guys at all
2: no i'm a jimmy garoppolo truther i've said that he is not a he's not a, a like a top 10 quarterback in the nfl i know people hate it when i say this he's just not he the dude won a playoff game completing seven passes i don't need to know uh, any like people say, well, he almost won the he was like one quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then what happened? Like, I, I mean, look, they had got, a
3: solid run game that year. They like, like a no, monster. Like
2: their one game was insane. And mm-hmm. like, he, look, he's just he's not the guy who who like he, he's kind of like Baker was this year and, and some portions of last year where sometimes he just, you know, doesn't he's not consistent enough to do anything. And yeah. it's like, I, I'm not going to give up the farm and pay however much money. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to acquire to get a guy who I don't think is going to give us anything that, that is better than mid Baker Mayfield. Like it's just like Baker Mayfield has way higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo does. Like, I think that's, that's not even a like,
3: well, we know what Jimmy Garoppolo is.
2: Yeah. We know what he is.
3: We don't know what Baker really is. Like, yeah, we really, we we really can't say, Oh, point to a year and go that's what Baker is because there's so he, many different yeah, very I mean, there's so they, many different yeah. variables of what of what's going on in his career so far. I don't think any other quarterback from that draft would have handled it the way he has so far.
1: Yeah I would agree with that. Jimmy Garoppolo too Debo Samuel Elijah Mitchell and George Kittle are winning them game. It is not Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I have never when I watch him play I just get bored. Like what does Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> do that's that's remotely making his team better And I'll say this, Jimmy Garoppolo wins games, like, statistically, he has a good win-loss record. That's under Kyle Shanahan, who I think is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. Too bad we lost him, and uh, Johnny Manziel ran him out of town, Um, made him want to leave. But anyway, um, Kyle Shanahan's a great offensive mind. Jimmy Garoppolo's had him around. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't that great, really, in New England, either. I mean, outside of a couple games that he had there, but... He's not an upgrade, and you're paying him a decent because he's going to probably want a new contract, too. So you're giving up draft capital. You still have to trade Baker. You think an upgrade is Jimmy Garoppolo? Unless Debo Samuel's coming with him, what's the upgrade? <laughs> I just don't understand it. Now, as far as like draft options, no, the Browns are not drafting a quarterback in the first round. If they do, I'll trust Andrew Barry, but I'm going to come out and say it. I think it's stupid if you draft a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. They're just, there is not a guy. Kenny Pickett's like, the closest. I mean,
3: even even some of the teams that need quarterbacks like severely are gonna go like edge, you know, of one of those top edge guys <laughs> or something. Like they're not going quarterback this year.
1: I'm curious on the first time the first team that does go quarterback. That's oh. what I'm curious about. I don't know. I think it might be Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope they take Pickett. I hope they take Pickett, dude.
1: I'm hoping that would be dude. awesome.
3: I would love it. Small hands.
1: And I will now we'll say the later round, if you get a guy in the second or third and we're talking a a Carson Strong, a Bailey Zappi, I'm those guys intrigue me because I'm under the school of thought. And I've always thought this. You need to draft a quarterback every single year and at least have a guy like be developing a guy like you never know if you could somehow hit on that guy. Like, why not? What does it hurt to draft to draft a guy every year in the later rounds, even if you have your guy? I mean, and it's not
3: going to be one of those guys where you draft him and fans are going to be like, let's, let's, we need him in there. We need him in there. You know, like he's not going to be that, that mind blowing guy. Like, I mean, when we draft a Baker and we're playing Tyrod, fans were like, we want Baker, we want Baker. They're not going to be like that with a Carson strong or a Zappi right off the bat.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and kind of like you mentioned the difference of course was Baker's number one overall
3: pick. Well, obviously so poor, that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, Bailey's Z- Zach, you know, I mean, I love Bailey's Zappy. If Bailey Zappi's there in the third round, I'm getting him. I'm absolutely intrigued by what he can do. I mean, because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And, like, people question his accuracy a little. I mean, not his accuracy, his deep ball. I've seen um, a deep ball by him. He doesn't even have to step up and he can just get it there with ease. Just, so, I mean, I feel like he's got yeah. more than the arm, the Western kentucky kid.
4: Yeah, he he likes kentucky Bailey as an option for in yeah. general. <laughs> hey, yeah, buddy, we got to get all them Kentucky boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you like him as an option for the Browns, like possibly in the third round if you can get him?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's obviously talented. I mean, you don't just throw 650,000 uh, touchdowns in a season and break <laughs> the NCAA record and not be at least accurate and pretty good. So Yeah. Yeah, I I'll, I'll like him as an option. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it.
1: I mean, Jack, how would you feel about a guy like Bailey Zappi, Carson Strong? Get If you can get a guy in the third, fourth round, just to possibly develop a guy
2: man, it only took us four years and we're back to talking about drafting quarterback, man. <laughs> I know it's like, it's a, it's a backup. I mean, honestly, I, I, I think that if they want to draft a guy in like in one of the later rounds, just as a flyer, just to have as a developmental piece, I think that that's fine. I'm not a hundred percent. I haven't really done too much research on any of these individual quarterbacks. Cause you know, I've, I've kind of dug into the pipe of, Oh, Hey, all these quarterbacks are kind of bad or just not very good so i mean I, I i haven't done too much research but i think taking a flyer in the late round is fine especially considering that you know if we're just looking for a backup uh, to to compete with nick mullins or whoever the heck <laughs> whoever it ends up being i think that that's fine
3: this kid yeah. looks special though man I, lo- I like zappy the more i watch him this
1: i think after the senior bowl his stock really goes up yeah the senior is... bowl i mean if he if he if he has the type of performance in the senior bowl that I think he can, especially the, during that practice week, he could be one of the first three quarterbacks taken. It really wouldn't surprise me. He just has – he's very solid. He just gets the job done. and he he's, he's like that point guard out there just throwing it. Mm-hmm. I know they're running an air-right offense, but you still have to have the guy that can get him the ball.
3: Yeah, that's another thing. its Is he going to come in here and be good in a Stefanski offense type of deal?
1: Yeah. The, the, so. the, the good thing about Stefanski's offense, though, whether people want to disagree or not, it is an offense that's favorable at quarterbacks.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like a lot of people go, Oh, it's more, you know, it's just run game, run game, run game. But he really did a lot of empty sets this year, like a lot more than I saw in 2020, in my opinion.
1: So Yeah, yeah, exactly. And guys, be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are also available on iHeartRadio if you choose to listen to the show there. Um, it will be posted here within the next day or so for you guys to go back. You can also re-watch the show if you want to see some of the highlights we had um, and go back on our Twitch channel and watch that. And if we get up to 500 followers on Twitch, we're giving away a signed Joel Petonio Brown jersey. So you guys are going to want to make sure all you have to do is just follow the Twitch channel. It's very easy. We post it on our social media pages pretty much every day. And once you do that, you're entered for a chance to win. But we're a ways away from that because we're only at about 71 Twitch followers right now. So come on guys, it's the off season and some of you guys are looking for something to do. So join the Twitch channel because that gives you something to do and that gives you Browns talk year round that you guys know you need, especially Patreon. Re- Patreon yeah, Pat- yeah, the Patreon too. Um is that going into that a little bit more since um you have more details on that than I do?
3: Yeah, I mean it's just a good way to benefit, you know, all our supporters. You know, it's it's like Tyler even put on Facebook, I thought it was kind of funny. You're gonna spend five to eight dollars on Taco Bell, right? That's gonna last you like a few minutes, you know. You're gonna munch that stuff down, that crunch wrap. Go spend it on, you know, go support a local podcast, man. We're we're trying to get back to you guys as well. We got a lot of benefits in there. Go go check out, um, you know what what comes in in each tier, and you know, see if it's a thing that you would be interested in. We we got a lot of benefits with uh, more giveaways, exclusive giveaways that we're not gonna do on Twitter or Twitch or something like that. Uh, merch giveaways. Uh, Be a part of the show. Like a whole bunch of stuffs on there. So just you know, go go check it out and you know show some
1: support. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate uh, you giving the overall view on that. It's very easy, guys. Like, and we'll post the link out more and more for that. All you have to do, um, click the link, and then it'll just give you the options, and it kind of describes which tier. Um provides you with what with what options that we have. So you'll want to go in and check that out. Be sure to follow all our social media pages. That's at fd podcast cle. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. And Christian, um, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Let everyone know where they can follow you and listen to your podcast.
4: Oh well, thank you guys for having me. It's been an honor hopping on here with you guys. Um, my Twitter handle is at southern dog underscore, and the dog is D A. W-U-G.
2: The only way it should be spelled. As as, as (laughs) as in dog
4: (laughs) (laughs) chick. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Down With The Browns podcast. You guys can check that out. I've actually started a YouTube channel for that, and you can check it out on Spotify and Apple podcast. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, appreciate uh, you joining the show tonight. Before we let you guys go, remember, if you need the best replacement windows, it's winter. Um, A lot of times you're going to have all kinds of different trouble with your windows right now. There's no better time to call Jack Scott today at Renewal by Anderson. They've been Ohio's window replacement experts for over 117 years. Be sure to call Jack today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. Get those new windows in here. Um, Keep your family warm during the winter. We're the Feeling Dangerous Podcast. We will talk to you all soon. And go Browns.
2: Copyright notice. Music used in this episode. I Need a Doctor by Dr. Dre, Eminem, and Skylar Gray. Copyright 2011 by Aftermath Records. All rights reserved by Aftermath Records.
0: When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.